Hello and welcome to The Lowdown, an insider's look at stories touching our lives here on Cape Cod and beyond. My name is Ira Wood, and you're listening to us on WOMR, 92.1 FM Provincetown, WFMR, 91.3 FM Orleans, and streaming worldwide on WOMR.org. November 22nd of this year marks the 60th anniversary of the assassination of President John F. Kennedy, a crime that caused millions of people to question the honesty of their government. The official version of events, the Warren Commission, has concluded that Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone in killing President Kennedy and that Jack Ruby also acted alone when he killed Oswald two days later. Although this past December, 13,000 documents containing details on the shooting were released by the National Archives, nothing new was revealed. Ten years ago on this program, I interviewed former governor of Minnesota, Jesse Ventura, whose book, They Killed Our President, 63 Reasons to Believe There Was a Conspiracy to Assassinate JFK, was, and in my opinion remains, an incredibly useful compilation of almost every theory and scenario ever proposed about President Kennedy's assassination. And even in a time of conspiracy theories gone wild, actually posits a number of speculations that cause Americans of both parties to question the official version of events. Today, we're repeating that broadcast. Jesse Ventura, I'm incredibly honored to have you as a guest on The Lowdown today. Well, thanks, Ira. I'm glad to be here. You know, let me state this, that in writing this book, because of what it's about, I can't get on NBC, I can't get on ABC, I can't get on CBS, and I can't get even on the tough guys on Fox News. Um, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about how people are, anyone who talks about the Warren Commission being, um, you, as you call it, a, a cover-up, has been marginalized. We're going to talk about that. But I just, you know, Americans have a notorious historical amnesia. So for many Americans, and maybe even some of my listeners, President Kennedy is only an image of a handsome politician in a simpler time. I wonder if you can begin by telling us why there may have been people who are angry enough to kill him. Well, there was a lot of people when President Kennedy came into office by the time they murdered him a mere three years later. I consider him our greatest president, and he only and he served the shortest amount of time. He didn't even complete one one term as president. Uh, he made a lot of enemies by decisions that he made because, and the major one was his quest to turn our country towards peace. Uh, he inherited the Bay of Pigs uh, invasion of Cuba. That was actually being planned during the Eisenhower administration, and they figured that Nixon would win. So it would just carry forth. Well, the fly in the ointment was Kennedy ended up winning, but they still continued on with the operation, and Kennedy gave it the go-ahead. He was new in office, but then, of course, he wouldn't offer uh, our U.S. military support to the invasion, and uh, they felt that, they be that he betrayed them, but he said that at the outset that he would not do 
it. And uh, so it all started with that, I think, really. The fact that uh, he wouldn't support invading Cuba. He also had ordered the first thousand advisors out of Vietnam by that Christmas in 63. And he had stated that he hoped to have us completely out of Vietnam by 65. So had Kennedy been reelected, there would have been no Vietnam War. Imagine how our, our history would have changed on that aspect alone. But he also alienated, uh, as I said, the Pentagon and the Joint Chiefs because he would not go to war. He alienated the CIA because of the Bay of Pigs invasion, and he fired the top three guys, uh, Dulles Cabell, and I forget the third guy, and said he was going to break the CIA into a thousand pieces because they lied to him. Uh, he alienated the oil industry because he was going to get rid of the oil depletion allowance, which allowed these millionaire oil guys to pay no taxes and gave them a huge tax break, so they didn't like him. Naturally, he started uh, uh, civil rights in the South and equality amongst uh, with black people and minorities in America, so that angered all the, the racist and the white people, especially in the Deep South. So uh, President Kennedy had a lot of enemies, you know, from the CIA to the Joint Chiefs to uh, the oil industry and the mafia. Because, uh, as you know, Bobby Kennedy, when he became attorney general, started an open, active war on, on destroying the mafia. He actually deported Carlos Marcello, the, uh, the mafia don from New Orleans, to Nicaragua and left him sitting down there or something. And he had to try to find his way back. And uh, so you can see that he created a great deal of enemies while he was in office, each and every one of them fully capable of killing the president. And then we can't leave out Lyndon Baines Johnson, the president that succeeded Kennedy, because Johnson always wanted to be president. And I think the writing was on the wall. He knew it was never going to happen because with Jack Kennedy, if he did do two terms, you could very well have had Bobby Kennedy follow him for another two terms. So there was the potential of really 16 years of continuous Kennedy presidency loomed out there. And Johnson also was neck deep in two major scandals in Texas, the Billy Saul Estes scandal and the Bobby Baker scandal. And there was heavy rumor that Kennedy was going to drop him from the ticket in 64 and get a new vice president. And uh, so LBJ realized that his only way to become president was for something to happen to, to Jack Kennedy. Within hours of President Kennedy's death, intelligence reports began to circulate that Lee Harvey Oswald was a communist working for the Cubans. So I have to ask you, who was Oswald, who wanted him portrayed as a Marxist, and what did they hope would happen as a result? Well, by portraying him as a Marxist, that was what the military industrial and the Pentagon and the Joint Chiefs wanted, because that would outrage the American people to think that if Oswald was indeed sent here to assassinate our president from a communist country, uh, that would open the door to war between us and maybe one of the superpowers, but certainly uh, throughout the world. So they wanted those wars, and that's why, that's why that was there. Who was Lee Harvey Oswald? Lee Harvey Oswald was a government agent. There's no doubt about it. When he defected to Cuba, it wasn't by his own choice. It's already been proven he was part of a false defector program to gain intelligence. They had certain guys pretend to defect to go to the Soviet Union, and they worked for our, I, I believe he worked for the Office of Naval Intelligence. 
look at look at his background in the in the in the Marine Corps. He wasn't O three hundred infantry. He was a radar operator working out of a, a Suga, Asugi, Japan, where they used to fly the infamous U two spy planes. Uh, Oswald was also trained by the government in Russian language. I mean, they don't do that to infantrymen, and then let's tie it in with the shooting itself. He was such a lousy shot. When you go into the military, they, they, they look at you and they, and, they, and they give you batteries of tests. They're not dumb. They want to find out how they can use you in the best manner to your abilities. Oswald wasn't sent to the infantry. He was sent to intelligence, and he was a radar technician. The guy probably never carried a gun hardly in his entire Marine Corps career, and they're going to tell me he did that shooting job when in the book we show that Carlos Hathcock, the greatest Marine Corps sniper, the former uh, chief instructor at the Quantico Sniper School, they recreated the entire scene for him using the same weapon, the Manlicher Carcano, and Hathcock couldn't do it in 10 attempts. And we have his quotes in the book of what he said about, about Oswald being able to do it, and he could not do it. Why was the fact that Oswald acted alone so important for the Warren Commission? Well, because whenever because what happened in at September the twenty second, nineteen sixty three, was a coup d'état. It was an overthrow of our government, and it wasn't done at the ballot box. It was done with a bullet. Well, any time there's a coup d'état, number one, you can't have a trial. So therefore, Oswald had to be eliminated, which Jack Ruby did. Many people don't realize this, but you'll learn it in my book. Jack Ruby and Oswald knew each other well. Jack Ruby had known Lee Harvey Oswald since Lee Harvey was a kid. What's the significance now, of that? Well, the, the significance is, doesn't that change the whole thing? The Warren to Commission told us there was no connection whatsoever between, Robbie, uh, between uh, Oswald and Ruby that Ruby killed Oswald out of sympathy to save Jackie Kennedy from having to go to a trial. Now, if you believe that, then I got some swampland in Florida I'd like to sell you. You know, and so uh, uh, that's the significance of it. The fact that, think of what that means. The guy that killed the alleged assassin actually knew him. So nobody who knew about the Kennedy assassination over the years was really allowed to talk or even allowed to live. Um, no, not true. Many people have talked. It's just that mainstream media won't report it. Richard Nixon, our president, on his infamous tapings in, in the White House and that, it's on the tapes. We have it in the book. Nixon clearly stated, he said, the Warren Commission was the biggest hoax ever, ever perpetrated on the American people. And this came from the president, Nixon. Uh, on my TV show, we had uh, 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 E. Howard Hunt, infamous Watergate CIA burglar. He confessed to his son, St. John Hunt, a deathbed confession, uh, both audio, visual, and written, that uh, he, he knew who killed him, that it was a CIA operation, it was called the big event, and that he was an outside player, he wasn't directly involved in it, but he named who were. Uh, 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 Cord, uh, oh, what the heck is his name? Cord Myers, who his wife, Mary Pinchot Myers, was having an affair with John Kennedy, and she was later shot dead in the head while she was out jogging because she knew from, from being married to her husband that, that, that it was not a conspiracy, and she was talking about it, so they silenced her. 
Uh, there were many people. Uh, uh, Dorothy Kilgallen, the famous New York columnist, she was granted the only interview with Jack Ruby, and when she emerged from it, she stated, I'm going to break the Kennedy killing wide open. Well, Within a week, she was found dead in her apartment in Manhattan. Uh, they said it was a suicide, and which was baloney. And amazingly, all the documents she had on JFK mysteriously disappeared. And in fact, her book was post-mortem written, and the chapter on Kennedy, of course, was omitted. If you're just joining us, you're listening to The Lowdown with Ira Wood on WOMR. My guest today is former Minnesota Governor Jesse Ventura, and we're talking about his extremely relevant new book, They Killed Our President, 63 Reasons to Believe There Was a Conspiracy to Assassinate JFK. You really unearthed some material that even people who consider themselves um, buffs, conspiracy buffs, if you will, even people who think they know an awful lot about the assassination, certainly I didn't know. You said that there was Secret Service protection on the day that Kennedy uh, was, the motorcade was driving through Dallas, that was actually altered to give the president less protection. Can you talk about that? Well, absolutely. One of the things you you need to learn and people need to know, and you'll learn this from the works of Colonel L. Fletcher Prouty, who actually was the infamous Mr. X in the uh, JFK movie by Oliver Stone, played by Donald Sutherland. That's who the, that character was, was of. It was Fletcher Prouty. Like Fletcher Prouty said, the colonel, he said, any time you want to look for a government uh, conspiracy, look for the violation of standard operating procedures. Because the government and the military, civilian and military, both run on standard operating procedures. And one of the major things that the, sec the Secret Service actually did a better job protecting Kennedy's body when he was dead that day, when they whisked it out at gunpoint against Texas law, uh, then they did protecting him. And one of the things that you could actually see yourself, the unique thing about the book is, at the bottom of certain chapters and paragraphs, we tell you where you can go on the Internet and view things yourself and make your own decision. And this is one that you can view. You can see when Kennedy arrived at Love Field, it was standard operating procedure for Secret Service to ride on the bumpers ride on the fenders with the president and as he as he started to leave love field you can see the secret service guy ordered down by his superior which we we tell who that is by name ordered ordered off the bumper and you can see the secret service man throws his arms out palms to the heavens and you can imagine he's saying what in the hell is going on here because he knew where he was supposed to be but he was ordered off plus the motorcycle protection and this was a new one I learned just doing this book. Uh, normally they use what's called a wedge formation, where they form almost a triangular wedge around the president's car to make it very difficult for any assassin to hit him. It, that formation was used in the first two days in Texas. But when he got to Dallas, it was abandoned. They put four motorcycle cops over a car length in front of him, and the other four were put way behind him so that it left it wide open for a shooter to have a clear target and be able to hit the president. So the question has to be, who could possibly be inside the government and to be able to order the Secret Service itself to use a different formation? Well, uh, that's where it comes down to, that, see, there were two conspiracies that took place that day. There was the conspiracy to actually murder the president, and then there was the conspiracy to cover it up.
and all roads lead to Lyndon Baines Johnson. You know, pretty much, uh, uh, he he had everything to gain, nothing to lose. The, uh, there was there was talk that Kennedy was going to get rid of him in '64, and he always wanted to be president. And he was neck deep in the Billy Celestis, Bobby Baker trials down in Texas. Two big major scandals that made him more baggage, and, and it was in Kennedy's advantage to get rid of him rather than to try to run with that baggage. Plus, Johnson ruled Texas. So it, it's no coincidence. Texas. So, so what a place for it to happen would be where he is at his strongest point. So it's no coincidence that Kennedy was killed in Texas. I don't believe so. In fact, if you'll read in my book, there were two other places that where the attempts also were to happen, Tampa and Chicago, but they were both thwarted, and Kennedy actually canceled his trip to Chicago because of it. But they, could, they couldn't, uh, they, they had three places that the, where the attempts could be made, Florida, Chicago, and finally Dallas, where they were successful. I was amazed to read in your book that among the people who were invested in covering up the truth was Robert Kennedy. What did he know and what did he not want to become public? Well, Robert Kennedy, the day his brother was killed, the head of the CIA came over and spent four hours with him in closed door. Uh, not even Robert's priest was turned away. And see, at that time, they were attempting to assassinate Castro. And Robert Kennedy was part of that. And I think Robert Kennedy was convinced in some manner by the CIA head that it was his fault because it seemed that uh, uh, they took one of the assassination teams and instead of sending it to Havana, they sent it to Dallas. And so I think it was a case of Robert Kennedy feeling guilt, though he didn't directly. It wasn't like he knew they were going to do that. Indirectly, it was something he was involved with, and they probably could have traced it back to him, and it would have been extremely embarrassing or whatever. I can only speculate. Right. Well, now that we're into speculating a little bit, can you tell us who you believe was responsible for for the killing of President Kennedy. How, well, what again, was the, uh, what was Morgan the plot? hammered me with that the other night. Who did it? Who did it? Who did it? Okay, I'm not going to hammer I, you. I, wait, wait, wait. I, can, I can't speculate on who did it, but I'll tell you what I can speculate on. I can speculate on that Lee Harvey Oswald didn't do it. Because it's been 50 years. It's very hard now to say who exactly did it. But unequivocally, I will tell you that I do not believe Lee Harvey Oswald did it. In fact, I'll go this far. I don't even think he even fired a shot. So what happened that day in the Texas School Book Depository? Uh, Oswald was there. What do, right. And, and he worked there. He worked there. So according yep. to your book, he was downstairs eating lunch when the assassination happened. So, so well, some, he was there... Uh, office, off, uh, uh, truly, the guy that was the manager of the building and a police officer came in 90 seconds after the shooting of the president, and they encountered Lee Harvey Oswald in the lunchroom standing there drinking a Coke. He, they both testified he was not out of breath. He, you know, and this has to be the greatest ad for Coca-Cola in history. You've just shot the president. You've just wounded the governor. What do you do? You have a Coke and a smile. <laughs> You know, come on. You know, that's how a, an assassin would behave. And not only that, when you look at how Oswald was later arrested, 
okay? He went to this Texas theater, and he was he was very weird there because witnesses said he went from person to person inside the theater and sat next to them. Obviously, I think he was looking for his handler or somebody in the intelligence community. Uh, but all they knew at the time Oswald was arrested... Here you got the murder of the president an hour ago. You got the murder of Officer Tippett a half hour ago. This theater was miles away from both. And yet a a, a merchant across the street saw Oswald go into the theater because it was one of those where the ticket booth is out front on the sidewalk like you've seen them old theaters, and you can go in the side. He saw Oswald go into the theater not buying a ticket. Now that's all they knew. That's the only thing they knew that this guy knew when he called the police. He said, I just saw someone sneak into the Texas theater and they didn't buy a ticket. So when we wait, imagine if you're the police dispatcher, you got the murder of the president, the murder of one of your own police officers. And yet, what did they do? They sent 10 squad cars, 24 cops and the news media to cover the arrest of a man who didn't buy a ticket to go to the theater. Now, apply common sense to that. Come on. So when we say Oswald is the patsy, we mean that he, they set him up with a job in the Texas School Depository and someone on another floor um, either used a rifle or, or, or placed the rifle there. Uh, in other words, so he never even fired a shot. He just they placed him in the building and then sent all kinds of cops to the building. Yeah, well, not there, but they sent all kinds of cops. No, for seven and a half minutes, they they really didn't look at the school book depository at all. We have the actual tapes of the county sheriff and the police chief of Dallas who were riding two cars ahead of Kennedy. On their tapes, they're telling, they go to their walkie-talkies, they tell their law enforcement people, get up to the grassy knoll, go to the grassy knoll, because initially that's where they knew the shots were fired from. It wasn't until seven and a half minutes later that they started putting the full focus back behind it on the school book depository. So that's when the cover-up started to happen. Yeah. So I, I wasn't asking you, exactly who did it, but what combination of forces in the government do you think probably got together to put this, this Well, I told you who he together. made enemies of. Clearly, it could be the CIA along with the military-industrial complex of the Joint Chiefs in the Pentagon. And this would not be the CIA in sitting in Washington, it would be rogue elements of the CIA. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it was probably rogue elements within the CIA that they can't that they you know that they can't control. You know that big scandal about the CIA selling drugs and and, and all that into the United States. Sure, you're familiar with that, right? Sure. Well, you know why they do that, don't you? Because that way they can operate clandestinely. If they get all their money from Congress. Well, then they're responsible to Congress to report what they're doing. But if they can get money through a separate source, not from Congress to operate, well, then they can operate in total secrecy, and they're not responsible to anybody to what they do. Do you think that the big Texas oil men we talked about were partially responsible for funding this operation? Well, uh, uh, Madeline Brown, who we talk about in the book, uh, she was she was LBJ's mistress for over 20 years. I guess she actually bore him a child, and uh, 
she was with LBJ the day before when they had a meeting at this Clint Merchinson's house, who's a big Texas oil man, and Hunt was there, the oil guy, as well as, uh, as J. Edgar Hoover. And she said that they all went into this big closed-door meeting, and she said when LBJ came out, he came over to her, grabbed her by the hand, squeezed her hand real hard, and under his breath mumbled, after tomorrow, those Kennedy boys will never embarrass me again. It's, now, this is a woman that, test, you know, that wrote and talked about this. She had nothing to gain from it. You know, so I don't know. Do you believe her or don't you believe her? Do you think that 50 years is an awfully long time to keep, keep these secrets? Why do you think the government is still so invested? And not only government. You talked about the major media outlets. Sure. Why? Well, why? Well, first of all, they always say, come on, if it was a conspiracy, someone would talk. People have. Second of all, they talk about, well, if it was a conspiracy, again, people would talk, but I beg to differ. Look at the Manhattan Project, where they created the nuclear bomb. The public didn't know about that bomb until it, it exploded in Japan. Nobody knew we had that type of armament until the bomb went off in Japan, and 100,000 people worked on that project. The thing you have to remember about government is that government is very compartmentalized. It only takes a handful of people to know the big picture. All the rest of them are subordinates. They do what they're told to do. You know, I had a friend who, t today I can talk about it, he was on the elite SEAL Team 6 in the mid-80s when, you know, the public didn't know they existed. They didn't know half the time back when I was in that the SEALs even existed. Well, he was sitting at home in his living room when the famous arms for hostages thing broke in the mid-80s on, on Ronald Reagan. And he told me he was sitting in his living room when it broke and he went, oh my God, I was part of that. And this was years later, because, again, he was simply given a job. You're going to take something from point A to point B. That's all you know. So there are tons of people that may know little pieces of it, like a jigsaw puzzle. But the big picture only needs to be known by a few very high and powerful people. You know, one of the things that you said in the book that moved me a lot was that you thought that President Obama, really given his druthers is a good guy, and he would not have continued the war in Iraq, and, and he wouldn't have continued the war in Afghanistan, but he was not in power. He wasn't running things. Well, that's only my speculation. I don't have any big proof of it, but I can only go on what he did when he ran for president. You know, he said he'd close Gitmo. Well, Gitmo hasn't been closed. He said he'd get us out of the wars. He actually accelerated the wars more. Why would someone do that if they ran? I can't believe he's just a bold-faced liar, but maybe he is. So who is running this country? I mean, this I is, of know. course, speculation. But the people, I don't know. The people aren't. I remember now, I've only been a governor of a state. I've never been elected to a federal office, so I can't tell you definitively who's running what. So we have about two more minutes. Sure. And can you tell me some of the things about... You, you speak very, very eloquently about returning this country to, to the people. Yeah. So I would just like you to I would just like you to talk about how we've lost our government. Well, 
when I talk about returning the country to the people, it's, it's because there, there's only one alternative. We have to stop electing Democrats and Republicans. I mean, look what they've done. They've got us so far in debt that if they ran their personal finances like they've run the country's finances, they'd be bag people living on the street homeless. You know, and they're fully responsible. How can they pass the buck on that? They've been in charge for 150 years, and that's what we've gotten. You notice I lumped them together because it does not matter. Many people out there think, oh, you're going to get change if you elect one or the other. No, you're not. You know why? Because the powers to be have paid off both sides. They created a system based upon the concept of bribery. If you do it in the private sector, you go to jail, but it's alive and well in the public sector. All you got to do, and, and because of that bribery, they've paid off both sides. It's like betting on a football game. If you bet on both teams, you can't lose, can you? <laughs> Not at all. Thank you. I, I really want to thank you for taking the time to speak with us today. I think my listeners learned a tremendous amount. Well, I appreciate it. And again, I'll tell you, I can't get on ABC, NBC, CBS, or Fox because of the content of this book. So you tell me that there's not a continual cover-up going on and that they don't want the public educated. You've convinced me, and so has your book. Thanks so much. Today we've I been appreciate it. I will keep up the good work, and thanks for having me on. Thank you, sir. Today Bye-bye. we've been talking with former governor of Minnesota, Jesse Ventura, as we approach the 50th anniversary of the assassination of President John F. Kennedy. His new book is They Killed Our President, 63 Reasons to Believe There Was a Conspiracy to Assassinate JFK. I want to thank our engineer, Matty Dunn, for his help in producing this show. Till then, have a great week. And if you live here on Cape Cod and you thought you knew a lot about the Kennedy assassination, check out Jesse Ventura's new book. It certainly had a lot of surprises for me. This is Ira Wood, just trying to talk to all the people I can find who aren't afraid to speak truth to power, one interview at a time. Bye for now.